stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Thanks for joining us here. 506 is the time on Weekend Live. My name is Sam Shane, and this is KFBK, and we are live in the KFBK studios for the next couple of hours here. We are every Saturday night from 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock, so please feel free to join in. Uh, I'll give you the phone number right off the top of the program here, 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. You can also be listening on kfbk.com. We have a ton to get to, a very busy news week. What we do in these two hours is we take a look back at what transpired the week prior, take a look ahead at what may be coming up, and obviously what's going on news of the day at this time. So we want to get you caught up on that. Uh, some of the things we'll be covering here over the course of the next couple of hours, we're going to get you caught up very latest from Reading. The car fire is expanding. It's been explosive. It's been deadly, and it continues to rage out of control. We'll get you the very latest statistics and some audio clips from the region here in just a couple of minutes. Also, don't know if you've ever heard her speak, and maybe you've just heard of her. She was the upset win in New York in the race for Congress. A Democrat named Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and she did an interview recently on The Daily Show this past week, and she really stepped in it. Uh, you're going to hear the sound bites, the audio clips from this interview, and uh, her lack of understanding of basic economic issues and budgetary matters is jaw-dropping. It is astounding. And I couldn't believe it when I heard it, so we'll let you take a listen to it. And some say she is the face of the Democratic Party. She is the next phase, so to speak. You be the judge. If she is, are they in good shape or not? Les Moonves and CBS on damage control this weekend. Six women, an explosive article in the New Yorker magazine. Six women coming out and accusing Les Moonves of sexual misconduct, uh, dating back some 20 years, as recently as 2006. Uh, we'll get to more on that, the details. Governor Jerry Brown announced this past week he wants to raise taxes again, folks. This time, grab your cell phone. How's that for a tease? Let's get you caught up on the very latest right now at uh, 5.08 on a Saturday evening. You know, real hazy out there. We got a couple of big fires, not just big. I mean, these are monster fires. Yosemite, of course, uh, the valley has been shut down. Uh, because of the fire that's been raging there, 72 square miles as of uh, last night. And then, of course, Redding just absolutely exploded in about a 12-hour period and caught so many people in Redding by surprise. Here are some of the latest numbers. There are two confirmed dead now. Don Ray Smith, an 81-year-old from Pollock Pines, a private bulldozer operator, killed Thursday battling the fire. A Redding firefighter, Jeremy Stoke, he was killed battling the fire Thursday night. And there are family members now on this Saturday who say that three others, a 70-year-old grandmother and children ages 4 and 5, were also killed. However, the Shasta County Sheriff's Office has not confirmed that, but they say that 14 people are missing. Very serious. Mercy Medical Center in Reading reported treating eight people for burn-related injuries. They were not serious. At least 11 other people are missing as well. So the missing number is... Fluid, as it often is in a situation like this. I think back to Santa Rosa, and it was a very similar circumstance where the fire raged right through Santa Rosa, and this one raged right through Redding. So difficult to know how many homes were damaged, destroyed, how many people were missing, because it's also new and also fresh. More details, more specific details for you in a moment in terms of statistics, but before we do that, let's get to some of the audio bites. 
These are the people who have been living through it in Reading. These are the neighbors. These are the residents. These are the folks who are still living with it tonight at this very hour. The first one is from a guy named Kenny Cassidy. He's a Reading resident. This is what he told KCRA that he saw from his home when the fire raged through Reading. It was a big swirl. It was just like it was just, just like in Oklahoma, you see like on Wizard of Oz, you know. Just like the Wizard of Oz. Can you do you remember that movie? And something like that happening right outside your door, in your neighborhood. It was swirling. And we have heard reports from firefighters in the region that it's been very difficult to determine how this fire will act and react because the winds have been changing so dramatically. More statistics. It's now at 132 square miles. Containment, just 5%. It actually dropped for a while. It went down to about 2% and then popped back up now to 5%. Absolutely no estimate right now on containment. More than 38,000 people have been ordered to evacuate. More statistics in a moment, but more from Cassidy right now. He's lived in this same neighborhood for 29 years. He says he has never seen anything like what he saw. Then all of a sudden he's just seen flames. It's like a wall of flames. And then there are sheets of metal flying around like 200 feet in the air. Sheets of metal, 200 feet in the air, flying around in his neighborhood. I mean, this sounds like a combination of a fire and a tornado. Or a fire and a hurricane. Sheets of metal 200 feet in the air. Think about the wind gusts that it takes just to make that happen. 500 homes have been destroyed. Think about your neighborhood. How many are in, in your neighborhood? Start doing the math. 500 homes are destroyed. 75 damaged. 5,000 are still threatened. As it continues to burn. Finally, want to play for you a clip from a guy named Thor Johnson. So what would you do if they came knocking on your door and they said, you got to leave? The fire is on the way. Are you staying or are you going? Are you getting out of harm's way or are you going to stay behind and try to save your home and save all the belongings that are in your home that you know you will not be able to take? They will be there and they will probably burn down if your house catches fire. Thor Johnson had to make that decision and he ignored the evacuation orders to save his home. I was a smoke jumper for five years, um, fought fires, but I wasn't leaving my house because I knew if it came up that gully, I could probably stop it. Wasn't going to leave. He stayed and he fought. And from the pictures that I saw with that interview that he did with KCRA, his home was standing behind him. So at that point, he was successful. And the word that we're getting from Redding is a lot of this is burning away from the outskirts of Redding at this time, that the city seems to be spared, seems to be safe. But the real danger here, the real concern here is these winds are changing and they just don't know. But we can tell here in the Sacramento region how ferocious these fires are by just looking up into the sky because it's been hazy all day. And it's smoke from the fires. That shows you the strength. So that's the very latest from Reading. Wanted to get you caught up on that because it is clearly the biggest story, not just in Northern California, but it is a top story in the country today. And we wish everyone in Reading safety, and we wish them all well.
Uh, we do have to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear more from the new darling of the Democratic Party. She is a socialist. She would like to see free college for everyone, whatever free means. She would like to see free health care for everyone. So she was asked, how do you pay for that? And wait till you hear her answer. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We will be right back here on KFBK. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. Welcome back. I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK and Weekend Live. Time now is a 5.20 on a hazy Saturday evening as we hit the weekend. I want to go to the phones right now. Jerry Lynn, Jerry Lynn from Nevada City calls in. Talking fires. Boy, this is a big one up there. Hi, Jerry Lynn. How are you? Hi. I'm doing pretty good. But, yeah, it's a it's a huge. It's a lot of energy today. Mm-hmm. 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 So what are your thoughts? Because you live in Nevada City, I understand. I, I do. And, um, and we have a beautiful community for sure. And I'm I'm actually on my way to the Willie Nelson concert in um, Angels Camp, and mm-hmm. I'm cruising through these you know golden rolling hills of California, and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, I wonder if if everyone would be willing to pick up a couple of fire extinguishers and blow horns, huh. and and just have them in their car, and if they come upon a, a situation that that they can make a difference with, it, it would just I think it'd be such an empowering place to be. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea at all because this fire in Reading was started, as I understand, by an automobile, the exhaust, and it it took off. And had somebody been there right behind them with a fire extinguisher, uh, who knows? Who knows what we'll see? Yeah, right. And maybe, yeah, who knows? And we had a fire um, at my mom's place a few years ago. A woman was trying to, you know, like mow the lawn so that there wouldn't, I mean, some grass, and she started a fire, you yeah. know. So, yeah, yeah, fire extinguishers, and I understand you can pick up blow horns, like at um, hardware stores for five or ten bucks, mm-hmm. and they really, they'll get your attention. They'll, you know, inform the neighborhood something's going on. Right, well, and you bring up another good point. I mean, uh, lawnmowers are often uh, the source of these fires. They hit a rock, and that spark will just take off. Um <laughs> Right on. So, yeah, well, absolutely. listen, Gerilyn, I think that's a great idea. Thanks for the suggestion. And enjoy the Willie Nelson concert. How about that? Willie's still going these days, huh? That's oh, it. <laughs> he's amazing. I yeah. He's never, never going to run down. <laughs> that's <know>? great. <laughs> All right. Well, have fun. That's terrific. And uh, be safe out there. Gerilyn calling in. Okay, let's get to uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. If you've not been paying attention, uh, the Democrats have been trotting her out in a big way, like all across the country. She's become the new darling of the Democratic Party. She won an upset victory in a race for Congress over an established Democratic candidate, and she is very left-leaning in her political thinking. She promotes free college education for everyone, and she promotes free health care for everyone. However, she just did an interview uh, very recently. She sat down on an interview with uh, Trevor Noah on The Daily Show. Uh, and we, I guess we could pr- pretty much call this uh, a friendly interview. 
Uh, he tossed her one softball question after another, and he saved the toughest question for the very end. How do you suggest we pay for all of these programs that you're proposing, like free college education, free health care for everyone? And I could not believe what I heard. It was one of those moments when I'm doing research for the show, I have to go back and play the answer and play the interview a couple of times. Because you're sitting there thinking, did she really say that? Ocasio-Cortez shows her stunning lack throughout this entire sequence here of lack of understanding of basic economics, the tax system in the United States, how budgets work. So let's roll out the first audio clip from her. Here we go. How do you pay yeah. for all of these these ideas? So uh, this is an this is an excellent excellent question, and in fact, there's a lot of back of the envelope stuff based on our values. So, for example, I sat down um, with a Nobel Prize economist last week. I can't believe I can say that. It's really weird. But, <laughs> um, but one of the things that we saw is if people pay their fair share, if corporations and the ultra wealthy. For example, as Warren Buffett likes to say, if he paid as much as his secretary paid, 15%, if he paid a 15% tax rate, if uh, corporations paid, uh, if, we, if we reversed the, the tax bill but went, raised our, our corporate tax rate to 28%, which is not even as high as it was before, right. um, if, we, if we do those two things and also close some of those loopholes, that's $2 trillion right there. That's $2 trillion in 10 years. Did you follow that? I mean, there's so much to dig into there. Fair share, closed loopholes, and I want to get to all of that. I want to peel the onion back here because that that was the most disjointed segue from one thought to another that I think I've ever heard trying to explain how you're going to pay for free college and free health care. I'm going to get into that in a second, but before we do, we want to just roll it back for quickly because Gene is calling in. And want to talk about the fires here because it's such a huge story in Northern California. He's on I-5. He just drove out of the fires. And uh, gee, I'm sorry. Gene, uh, Gene th- thanks for calling in. I apologize. What, what's it like there? It's horrendous. Um, yeah, I was I'm just coming back from Reading. And the fire has taken a different direction and it's going more southerly. And so sort of avoiding the town, which is great. Um, but... They are having um, to evacuate the Wind River Casino, an Indian casino up there, and it's <laughs> it's just unbelievable to see all the smoke. I mean, the smoke here is bad, but my goodness gracious, you just wouldn't believe what's going on up there. Mm-hmm. And it's um, I, I don't know how they're ever going to recoup, recuperate. I mean, the place where I used to go kayaking has burned up. Yeah. Um, we had somebody who called in last night and said that they believe that uh, Redding is going to be Santa Rosa times 10. Funniest thing that you mentioned that, because as I was leaving, I stopped to fill up my car, and there were some Santa Rosa firefighters there, and they said the same thing. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, he said it's it's just uh, amazing to see because the terrain is so different, right? And it's just it's so difficult to uh, to try to fight it. Did you it's talk like- to uh, Did you talk to any of the residents there while you were there, and any of them who had been displaced or fear that they 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 lost their home, or did you have any contact on that re- on that uh, regard? Um, 
I did. As a matter of fact, my son lives out, uh, on the eastern side of um, Reading, and fortunately, he has 10 acres, and he has mules, and um, and he has somebody, two people, in fact, two families that are staying with him that have both been evacuated, and so he has their mules and goats and dogs. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just a menagerie, and these people, um, one one family has a security system, and so they were watching on their cell phones their security camera as the garage caught fire, oh, and then it, the house lost power, and so the whole thing's gone. And it's so and they, we they, were, they they watched their house burn down. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, it makes me want to cry just just thinking about it again. Um, and we went shopping for some clothes for the lady. And uh, because the husband had to work on top of all this, he had to work. But um, the stores at the at the mall up there, at the Mount Shasta Mall, half of them are closed because the employees are either, you know, being evacuated or whatever. And but the, everybody that we saw was um, was buying clothes because they'd been evacuated. And it, it you know, fine, you, you see this thing coming. And, okay, well, you know, we should sort of be getting ready. But when the time actually came, it was not going door to door. It was an officer on bullhorn kind of things, I mean, on their loudspeaker things, just saying, get out right now. Don't pass go. Don't do anything. Get out right now. That's we a, don't this have sounds 45 minutes. I mean, I'm just reliving Santa Rosa. I mean, that's exactly how that thing whipped through Santa Rosa as well. And yeah. what a frightening experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, listen, uh, Gene, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to give us a call and giving us that firsthand account of what's going on in Reading. And I hope that your, uh, your son and all of his friends and every, his neighbors are all okay. Thank you very much for the call, Gene. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, it is 529. We're approaching, obviously, the half-hour break. And uh, so we have a hard break coming up here, but uh, we're obviously going to pick up where we left off with the interview with Ocasio Ortez, and we'll dig deeper into uh, what exactly she meant by loopholes to pay for free health care and free college. And believe me, the other answers that you'll hear are almost more astounding than that. So we'll dig deeper into this, and should she really be the darling, the star of the Democratic Party going forward into November? Uh, my name is Sam Shane. It's a 916-921-1530 for the phone number or 1-800-834-1530. This is KFBK. We're back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio KFBK. We're going to be hearing a lot of stories over the next few days of people in Reading who have lost just about everything they own. On the phone right now is Ken, who uh, I am told is on the road heading to Elk Grove. And Ken, I understand that you were in Reading and you lost your home. Is that correct? That is correct. So tell me about how long how long did you live in Reading? I've lived in Shasta County since 1974 in the house that I'm in since 2004. 2004. And yeah. you did you get a knock on your door? On Thursday no. night, or how did this happen? No. How did this go down? Okay. I was watching the local uh, TV channel very closely for since the fire began. And when I, on Thursday evening at the evening broadcast, 
I heard the weather forecasters show that winds were going to come from the northwest and that they were going to come fast and hard, which meant the fire was going to be driven right in the direction of my home. So I already had a go box partially put together, and I proceeded to finish that and put as many things as I could in my car. As I was getting ready to leave, a Reading uh, police officer came up the private driveway to our home on a hill and told me to get out. I said, I need three more minutes. And he said, I don't think you have three more minutes. Oh, my gosh. And then it took me an hour and a half to go to uh, a home of a friend like 15 miles away to the east in Palisadro. It took an hour and a half. There was bumper-to-bumper traffic evacuating evacuating the city. Everything that you got, what, what do you have left from your home? Well, only what I have with me here in the car at the present time. That's it. Did you have insurance? Oh, yes. Well, that's, I mean, look, you don't want to ever lose your home, but thank goodness you had insurance. Yeah, we've got, we've got good insurance and we're, we're very fortunate people to have the, the retirement income that we have. Ken, I have to ask you this because living in Northern California and where you live, did this ever cross your mind this could happen? Yes, because we lived in a beautiful home on a hillside right adjacent to a green belt. And so we did defensive clearing, you know, weed eating and trimming of trees and shrubs. And this was a firestorm. Unbelievable. I think when this, when it descended upon my neighborhood, I suspect the winds were every bit of 60 miles an hour. People had put out their trash and the wind was blowing the wind was blowing trash down the road. Oh, boy. I'm going to hang up because I have my wife calling okay. me. Okay. T- good luck to you and your wife, and thank you for calling in. Uh, be safe, and all the best in uh, rebuilding. He's one of hundreds, hundreds of people who are going to be rebuilding over the next two, three, four years. How long does that take? Okay. Um, this is KFBK, and my name is Sam Shane. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. You can also listen in on kfbk.com. This is a weekend live, and we appreciate you joining us. We are here live from 5 to 7 every Saturday evening, uh, going over some of the big events of the week previous, and we take a look ahead to stories that might be coming up. And I assure you that the things that you hear on this two-hour program are very likely things you did not hear this week on your local newscast or network newscast. And we're going to dig a little deeper and give you a different perspective. Uh, We've been touching upon Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She is a young woman, a bright star in the Democratic Party, according to some. She's won an upset victory in a race for Congress in California, and she leans left, very left. She's already called to abolish the immigration customs and enforcement that would be ICE. Just get rid of it. She says everyone in America should go to college for free. Everyone in America should have health care for free. But when asked how she wants to go about doing that, 
Well, that's where it starts to get a little difficult because she has a hard time explaining it. You just heard the first audio clip from an interview that she did with Trevor Noah on The Daily Show. And it was a very friendly interview, I might add, and she struggled. So she says in this interview, or in this previous audio clip that we just played, she believes that the U.S. government can pay for college, free college for everyone, free health care for everyone, with, get this, $2 trillion over 10 years that they would save from other programs. Now think about that. $2 trillion over 10 years is going to pay for health care for everyone and college for everyone? How? I mean, that's not possible. I mean, the defense budget this year was $700 billion for one year, just for the U.S. military. Now granted, that's you know a big chunk of the, def- or big chunk of the budget, but nonetheless... Two trillion over ten years is not going to cover that. So she said, in addition to that money, that two trillion, we could also get money from closing loopholes. I always love this closing loopholes. Ever since I was old enough to vote back in the early nineteen eighties, there have been people running for office saying, "We're going to close loopholes and we're going to save money." And then those mysterious loopholes never manifest and nothing gets closed and we end up spending more money. (laughs) Closing loopholes. Love that. And then she rolled out that old tired line that we've been hearing now for, I don't know, eight, ten years. Paying their fair share. Paying their fair share. Now what does that really mean when you really peel back the onion? Now, she says it's people like Warren Buffett, who make an extraordinary amount of money, should pay more because, well, they can afford it. And that's fair. Here are the facts about who's paying how much into our system every year. The top earning 1% of Americans will pay nearly half of the federal income tax. This was in 2014. The top 1% pay half of our bill. That's the largest share in three years back in 2014. Now get this, the bottom 80% of American earners, okay, 8 out of 10, expected to pay 15% into the pot. So how is it fair that you ask people who contribute half of what all of us take pay more? 1%. Now, yeah, they make a lot of money. I get that. But how do you describe fairness? So it turns out that Ocasio-Cortez, who says she sat down with a Nobel Prize-winning economist to come up with her formula, doesn't even know some of the very basic statistics in her proposal. Now, if we implement a carbon tax on top of that so that we can transition and, and financially incentivize people away from fossil fuels, if we implement a carbon tax, that's an additional amount of um, of, of a large amount of revenue that we can have. She says if we get a carbon tax, it's going to raise a large amount. How much is that? Is that 10 bucks, 100, 1,000, 100,000, a million? Can we ballpark this thing? 10 million, a billion? A large amount of revenue is what we'll save. First of all, taxing Americans is not the definition of saving money. 
taxing Americans is taking money. So you don't save money by taxing them with a carbon tax. That's a, you're taking their money. Okay, we, uh, we're up against a break, but the next one is a doozy. It's a real doozy because she talks about defense spending. And this is a woman who's running for the United States House of Representatives, and she doesn't have it. She has no clue what the budget is for the United States military. Wait till you hear this one. I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Good idea to have her out in front of the Democratic Party, bouncing all over the United States of America, campaigning for others, or is this a big mistake? Does she know what she's talking about, and should they make her their star of that party? Will that help them or hurt them? We're back on the other side. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. So, Governor Jerry Brown wants to... Guess what? Raise taxes. Not just gasoline, my friends. How about your cell phone? How about your landline? Says he wants to use the money to fix up the 911 emergency system. Here's the plan. A flat fee on cell phone lines, landlines, and other connected devices capable of connecting to 911. A monthly rate of $0.34 per line expected to generate $175 million. That's more than double the current tax. And it will balloon, could balloon, to more than $400 million if there is need. My suspicion is there will be need. Do they really need it to overhaul the 911 emergency system, or do they need it to pay for a collapsing pension unfunded liability problem? There are estimates out there that the unfunded liability in California, state of California, between $500 billion and $1 trillion. Maybe that's why they're trying to raise the taxes so much. I don't know, because they can't pay the pensions that they promised. And I'm also wondering, where is John Cox on all of this? Running for governor, the Republican candidate. We really haven't heard from him very much in recent weeks. And this seems like an opportunity that he could seize, that he could be out in front of. Say, wait a second here. My opponent supports the governor who wants to raise your taxes again, not just on the gasoline, but also on your cell phone. And on your landline, another tax and spend situation. But we haven't really heard at all from John Cox. And you know what? He needs help. There's a new poll out. The new poll released by the Public Policy Institute of California this week shows 55% of likely voters favored Newsom, 31% would pick Cox. 55 to 31. A lot of ground to make up. And November is fast approaching. Let's roll out this final audio clip. Phone number here is 916-921-1530, I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK. What do you think of this new star in the Democratic Party leaning way left? She's a socialist. She tried to run away from that label, by the way, in this interview that she did with The Daily Show because she knows that from a political standpoint, being tagged as a socialist may not actually help her, that the fringe may not be where she wants to be, but her policies are very much out on the fringe. The final audio clip is this. She demonstrates that she really doesn't understand the federal budget and how much money went into the Pentagon and the United States military. In fact, 
She has no idea. She has no clue. Let's roll it up. The last key, which is extremely, extremely important, is reprioritization. Just last year, we gave the military a $700 billion uh, uh, budget increase, which they didn't even ask for. They're like, we don't want another fighter jet. Like, they're like, (laughs) don't give us another nuclear bomb. They, They didn't even ask for it, and we gave it to them. Oh, is that wrong? That was so wrong on so many fronts. We I don't know where to begin, folks, but I'm going to start at the beginning because that's the best place to start. $700 billion increase in spending went to the Pentagon, she said in the interview. For the fiscal year of 2018, the entire budget for the national defense spending was $700 billion. That was the budget that was not an increase in the budget. That was the budget, number one. Then she claims in the interview that the military never even asked for an increase in spending for what she said was a new fighter jet or a nuclear bomb. Wrong. Each year, the Pentagon requests billions of dollars in new aircraft and weapons spending. They do it every year. They ask for more money. In fiscal year 2019, for example, the budget proposal they sent to Congress, they want 77 brand new F-35 Joint Strike Fighters. I mean, is this wise to have her out in front? She's a star right now. And she says we need to get abolish ICE, free health care for everyone, free college for everyone, and when she's asked how do you pay for it, she's unable to explain how to pay for it. And she's touring the country campaigning. That's amazing. That's really amazing. Uh, let's go to the phones real quickly here. Uh, Brian from Sacramento, how are you? Good, yourself? I'm doing well. What are your thoughts? Well, this doesn't have much to do with that lady. I think she really doesn't know what she's talking about. It's going to be good for the Republicans. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I agree. It's dangerous to roll her out out front. Yeah, that's true because, you know... I mean, some people like to vote for dumb people. <laughs> but you you were talking about Jerry Brown raising taxes, and here's one that was never really publicized. If you need to file a document in the county, like a, a lien release or notice of uh, a, a trust existence, things like that, right? The normal filing the normal filing fee in Sacramento County is like twenty dollars. But now the state attaches a $75 fee on top of the 20 for every document that needs to be filed at the county level. Oh, they get their hands in there, do they? That's kind of nice yeah. of them. Just like when we go to the uh, just like when we go to the gas pump. They, they, do you yeah. do you, do you understand how much we pay in state tax right now? I'm not talking about the 12 cent a gallon hike that they threw in there. On what we pay for taxes just to fill up our, our, our cars, our automobiles, it's unbelievable. Well, I'm a tax professional, believe it or not. And I, I have to keep track of this for clients all the time. And it's ridiculous. And the fund, the fund that was for our roads, California used to have the best roads in the, in the country. But, but a lot of that money was squandered to, to, for the illegal aliens. Well, my look, my contention has been here, and this is at all levels of government, Brian. We are seeing this. Uh, we are seeing our political leaders demand tax hikes. Like in the city of Sacramento, they're talking about raising the sales tax, and the state of California, the gas tax, and they're right, trying to raise maybe the taxes on cell phones now. 
My contention is this. They have such a severe pension problem with unfunded liabilities that they cannot pay that that's what the money is going to go for. I agree with you. Yep. And you know and you know and you know what else, Brian? And you know what else? They're they're not telling us that. They they're not they're not being straight with us. No. And the politicians don't want us to know because and they're not held liable for anything they do. And I think they should be held liable. Well, sure. Because they promised all these nice little goodies from retirement packages and now the bill has come due and they don't want to own up to the taxpayers saying, uh, you know what, guys, we need a little bit more of your money so we can make our promises come true. Yep. Yeah, but but their pensions aren't being affected at all. Oh no. No, they're not. No, and their health care and their health care is very fine. And their and their lifetime uh, salaries. Right, right. Brian, I'm running up. I'm running up on a hard break. Loved your call. Thanks a lot. Uh, be safe out there on the roads. Appreciate it very much. Uh, my name is Sam Shane. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, uh, This is KFBK. We have some uh, more phone calls coming in. Uh, when we come back on the other side, uh, we'll get to some more interesting stories of the past week. Maxine Waters says that God sent her here to get after President Trump. <laughs> So we'll touch upon that. And what about straws in California? Are you ever going to be able to use one again? Guess what happens to waiters in one city who serve straws? I'm Sam Shane, back on the other side. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Thanks for joining us here on a Saturday evening. This is Weekend Live. My name is Sam Shane right here on KFBK. The phone number is 916-921-1530, one We're here live every Saturday evening from 5 to 7 p.m. looking at the big events of the week and taking a look forward. We want to get right to the phones right now. Pete from Sacramento joins us on the line. He's been waiting patiently. Hi, Pete. How are things with you? Oh, doing good. Hey, I wanted to tell you, um, it's good to hear you in the evening still in for Pat Walsh. I think you're doing a really good job. Oh, thank you, Pete. I appreciate that. I'll be back. I'll be here Monday, by the way. So I'll be here oh, Monday evening, yes, yeah, from 7 to 10, yeah. Okay. So my, my thinking is, and I want to get your uh, insight on it as well, is um, you have to have, have to come up with some kind of a threshold of how you define what is somebody's fair share. And right. I think you touched on it just a bit earlier. So what's that significance threshold? How do you, how do you measure that? And then also this carbon tax thing um i don't get it it's it's so arbitrary i don't know how mm-hmm. how you can sit down and logically with you know with um some kind of mathematical uh process to determine what is a carbon tax right exactly no and 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 and, and, and look pete those two issues that you raise uh are right at the center of this of this discussion uh, they're both subjective definitions. I mean, what's fair? There is no definition of fair. Fair is, is, is in the eyes of the beholder. Um, right. You know, if, if I'm the guy that has a big mansion on the shores of Lake Tahoe, um, is it fair that somebody else doesn't? Well, I don't know, but I have it. And then if I don't have it, is it fair that the guy who does have it have it? Well, no, that, no, that's not fair. Well, now, wait a second. It's just, it's in the eyes of the beholder. So what the, what, what, this, this, this whole, uh, way of uh, discussing issues and debating 
um, essentially what it does is it, it puts people in a position where they can't define the the topic. So you can't define fairness. You can't define what a carbon tax is because so much of it is unknown. So you never right. really come to a conclusion and it's not fact-based. It's based on emotion. That's what, that was going to be my point just now. It is, it is based on emotion and that's unfortunate that a lot of people's political thinking is uh, uh, most of the time it's a knee-jerk reaction right. And, right. Um, based on emotion. And also, you, that person that's on that hill that has a really big house, from from another vantage point, you're not in that person's shoes, so you don't know what that person did to get to that to where they're at on that hill with that big house. Mm-hmm. So, right. so for you to just have a, a an emotional reaction, oh, well, I don't think that person's rich. That person just didn't pay their fair share. Well, um, uh, um, well, right, and and may, and maybe that maybe they or their father or grandfather arrived in this country and built a company uh, with blood, sweat, and tears. There you and, go. And, 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 and maybe they saved enough money. I mean, maybe they did those things. Uh, I, who knows? We, we don't know. Right. But, but listen, right. Right. what we are hearing now, and, 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 I, and this is why I think that trotting out a, a candidate uh, like uh, Ocasio-Cortez is dangerous for the Democratic Party is she swings so far to the left, and she wants to push all of these free programs and then when you ask her, how do you pay for it? First of all, she doesn't even understand the budget. Number two, the way she wants to pay for it is tax and spend, tax and spend. And that does but not do, work. But, but don't you think that's a good idea for the other side? No. Oh, yeah, put no. this person out here. Absolutely. No, no, play. Pete, that's the wrong way no. to go. You are not okay. going to capture the electorate by going to the fringe. Bill Clinton did not win the White House by capturing the fringe. He captured the center. Ronald Reagan did the same thing. He got right. that working Democrat. That's that's how they win. You win in the middle. You don't win on the edges. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. All right, Pete. Hey, listen, thanks a lot. Great call. Appreciate it. Uh, good to hear from you. 610 is the time. Not a good weekend for Les Moonbez. Oh, boy, are they circling the wagons at CBS. Les Moonbez, chief executive of CBS Corporation, facing an investigation after a report published revealed allegations of sexual harassment made against him by six women. Four of them named. CBS Board of Directors said in a statement Friday they would investigate the allegations of misconduct and the claims detailed in an investigative article in The New Yorker, and they said they would be taken seriously. CBS shares their stock fell more than 6% Friday when news of the impending New Yorker article surfaced. So this article was written by a journalist named Ronan Farrow, and if he sounds familiar, he's the guy who broke open the Harvey Weinstein case. He describes in his piece sexual harassment alleged by six women in the entertainment business against Mr. Moonves. We have audio clips from Ronan Farrow in an interview he did with CNN. First of all, he talks about the implications, not only to Les Moonves, but to the CBS Corporation. You're dealing with both an individual who is at the top of his game and on whom many, many other powerful people depend for their livelihoods. Yes. And also a, a corporation that is at the apex of our culture, that shapes our news, that shapes our fiction that we consume. And as it turns out within this, in many facets of the company, and we're careful not to overgeneralize, but we do say that there are a string of examples mm-hmm. uh, manifested in litigation and complaints inside the company where people said, uh, this happened to me too. This wasn't just Les Moonves. This was a culture of protecting powerful people. Pharaoh did his homework. He spent like eight months 
working on this story. It's quite a read if you haven't read it. I did. I couldn't stop. Four women spoke to Farrow on the record, including the film and television actress Ileana Douglas. And Douglas described a meeting with Mr. Moonves in 1997, during which she said he was, and I quote, violently kissing her while holding her down. Quote, the physicality of it was horrendous, is what she told the New Yorker. Here now is Farrow, another audio clip. He's talking about Ileana Douglas and other women who said that they felt like they would be, they were retaliated against and they felt that Moonves was using his power. But the fact that she says this seemed to be part of a pattern of retaliation. Uh, she alleges in this case that he backed her against a wall shortly after this encounter as she tried to when leave. she finally and, got up to leave, and, right. And said, you know, this has got to stay between us. And she was very frightened. But more significantly, uh, she then gets fired not long after from the show that she's working on and from her overall deal with CBS. Um, and there's a, a long narrative about the settlement that she secures. But her feeling was that this was covered up, that she had few people to turn to, that everyone was telling her he's too powerful to confront. Uh, and that, you know, everyone else went on with their lives, but she had a career that suffered. And every woman in here tells a story that mirrors that component mm -hmm. of it. So he's describing this pattern that he heard time and again from every one of the women that he interviewed. By the way, there were 30 other women who said this was a pattern within the CBS Corporation, that issues were ignored, that they were covered up, that sexual harassment complaints were made and nobody paid attention or they pushed them aside. All of the women, according to Farrell, said that Moonves had insisted on sexual favors and retaliated against them when they turned him down. Now, the earliest allegations in this article date back to the mid-1980s, the most recent in 2006. Final audio clip right now from Farrell. We'll play that final clip. Go ahead. That was the feeling of several of these women, that this seemed practiced. Mm -hmm. And they all continued to fear retaliation. You know, Janet Jones, the writer you just mentioned, um, describes him calling her afterwards and threatening her and, and saying these sort of things that appear to be cliches to us, but obviously coming after a work meeting and after an alleged assault like this mm -hmm. um, are very, very serious and frightening, like you're never going to work again. And she and these other women were still frightened to come forward, but said they were doing so because they wanted to expose what they feared was a culture of impunity. Les Moonves says he's sticking on the job. He's not going to leave. Uh, his wife, Julie Chen, who is a TV host on CBS, she hosts three different shows. She issued a statement supporting her husband. Uh, but that may not be his call. If the stock tanks, he's in big trouble. And these are serious allegations. And if you haven't had a chance to read it, uh, it's in the New Yorker. And uh, it's widespread. And uh, there are many named sources. And there are many people who also corroborate on the record many of the stories that these women tell. Uh, we are going to take a tick, quick break because we're running up against the clock. On the other side of the break, uh, more on Maxine Waters. She said that God sent her here to take on Mr. Donald Trump, and we'll have other news of the week when we get back. My name is Sam Shane. This is KFBK. The phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530, and we're back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live News and Analysis. On News Radio KFBK. Maxine Waters uh, believes she's been sent by God to get Donald Trump. I always wondered how people knew what God knew or knows. 
I've never really figured that out, but that's a whole other issue for a whole other show. So uh, last weekend, she was at the first AME church in Los Angeles, and she hammered President Trump, telling people in the church, I'm in this fight, Waters said, that there is an attempt to intimidate, an attempt to frighten, an attempt to make you go away and shut up and be quiet. Didn't really expand on um, how President Trump is actually doing this, but she made that generalization. So she went on to say, you've got to know that I'm here to do the work that I was sent to do. And as Pastor said to me when I came in this morning, when God sends you to do something, you just do it. So I have a message. I'm going back to Washington tomorrow morning. I'm going to tell them Pastor told me to come here and just do it. Maxine Waters, sent by God to get President Trump. My name is Sam Shane. This is KFBK. The phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Time now is 622. We're going to go to the phones right now. And Charlie Shelp is on the phone. He's a Republican running for representative of the 3rd District in California up against incumbent John Garamendi. Charlie, how are you? Wow, what a, what an introduction. Hey, you won't believe this. Um, I'm, we're farmers of Noah County, but I'm in Pleasant Grove right now fixing a implement carrier that we, I got for the farm. And I'm maybe 300 meters from your tower. So oh, is that right? Tower. I'll be darned. Yeah, right, so, right, there's a bunch of cows in the field around it, but I'm standing at the rice field. Well, don't, no, don't do anything to disrupt our uh, signal, please, Charlie. That'd be great. <laughs> Especially since hey, I'm on, right? Yeah, listen, I, I do have to ask you this, Charlie, because you are a Republican, and where is John Cox? Where is he? Oh, there, there. I've been in contact with the state chairman. John's working on getting the the campaign ready to come out swinging in September, and that's when the campaign really starts. Yeah, but to but, but I understand traditionally that's when campaigns are are getting going. But I mean, this poll comes out this past week. He's down fifty five to thirty one percent. He's got a lot of ground to make up. And then we find yeah. out this week that Governor Jerry Brown wants to raise another tax on cell phones and landlines. And it seems to me like that is just prime picking for him to come out and get in front of the cameras and say, here we go again. Yeah, we have a whole bunch of ammo in our pack this time. We have the gas tax overall. We're going to turn these taxes around. But my question, and Charlie, is I... But hold the Democrats look pretty foolish on what they've done to this state. Yeah, and I, 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 I believe what you say, and I expect that to happen, not just uh, the, the phone tax, but the gas tax. But my question is, why are you holding your fire? I mean, let's, why not get going? Well, they are, uh, but I'm running my own campaign. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I, I'm saddling you with a question for the entire party, and that's probably yeah, unfair. Right. I get that. No, and it's, no I, I, totally, I actually believe that John Cox is going to be the first Republican governor in a long time in this state. I absolutely believe he is going to defeat Gavin Newsom because the Democrats are so out to lunch on fiscal responsibility, on the huge unfunded debt. Uh, what is it? A trillion? At five hundred billion? They don't even know. Well, I mean, and they continue the tax, and that's killing the state. But anyway, Maxine Walters, she's a case of somebody who's just gone totally run amok as a well. My look, Charlie. I've said on my show a number of times. Uh, she right now is the Republicans' best best player, and and and, Ch- and Chuck Schumer is trying to figure out how to muzzle her, and he can't. I'm sure, and it's the same with that young socialist that's running. It's a case of the. Native Americans, they wouldn't make the young warrior the chief of the tribe. They made the old, wise person who's been there and doesn't have the knowledge to do the job yeah. the chief of the tribe. She's too young, too experienced, and way too naive. All right, Charlie, I'm, I'm going to give you 30 seconds uh, to talk about your race because you are up against an incumbent and a very popular local politician, John Garamendi. How are you going to do? Well, I'm going to do fine. We won all the northern 
counties, every one of them, which are the Republican areas. I came real close in New Lake County, and the battleground courses, Yolo County and Solano County. I actually won the portions I have of Sacramento County, which I'm standing in right now up here in Pleasant Grove. So uh, we're going to do just fine. But the big thing I want to tell you is he's actually going to do a forum debate with me two months away, but it's on September 17th in Yuba City at the the high school up there, which really shocks me. And I want to challenge you, if you can get him to come on your show, I'll debate him anywhere, anytime on your show, and all your listeners can have us hear, hear us go at it and let them decide for themselves what they really want in Washington okay. and what future they want for this country. Well, um, I will tell you that just based on what I've uh, experienced in my 30-plus years in this business, uh, getting someone like him to uh, do a debate with you, he's the incumbent, he's the favorite, on a radio show is kind of slim, but well, I you was do, shocked that he was going to debate me. And you, I, I was just going to. You were you you you're, you're going you're, you went exactly. Sure yeah, you're going where I was going, and that's it. You got you got him to, to debate you at the high school in Yuba City on September seventeenth. So that's a that's a big step for you. So big, big. I was surprised he would do it. Well, he has nothing to gain well, and everything to lose. Y- you know what? Uh, Congressman Garamendi is stepping up and doing what he ought to do. It's the right thing to do, I believe, as you head into uh, an election cycle. And we need to hold him accountable. Well, yeah, and 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 I think that both both candidates need to step up on the stage in front of the public and say in the public square, "Here's what we here's what I believe in for our country and our state. Here's what I think will lead us to greatness." And there's, there's nothing wrong with that debate in America. That's a great one to have. Yeah, and I spent 28 years in the Marine Corps, and that's uh, the, what leadership is. You get up and tell the troops the truth. You don't lie to them. You don't mislead them. You don't tell them what you want to hear. You tell them what they need to know so they can do the right things to win the war or for us to make sure we have a safe security for our future of this nation. Okay, Charlie, thanks a lot. Uh, take it easy on our tower out there. We appreciate the phone call, and uh, good luck in the campaign. And, again, there's a debate on September 17th at the Yuba City High School between John Garamendi, the incumbent, and Charlie Schaup, the uh, Republican challenger, if you are so inclined. Let's try to roll out a quick uh, clip here, if we can. Second quarter GDP came out over the, the week, and it jumped 4.1% in the second quarter. Great news for President Trump, and he made an announcement in the Rose Garden at the White House talking about how the economy is rolling right along. Let's hear from that. And I am thrilled to announce that in the second quarter of this year, the United States economy grew at the amazing rate of 4.1%. We're on track to hit the highest annual average growth rate in over 13 years. And I will say this right now, and I'll say it strongly, as the trade deals come in one by one, we're going to go a lot higher than these numbers, and these are great numbers. They are great numbers. Uh, they were pushed up. Uh, some people believe they were strong numbers, and business spending was was very positive as well, because there was a surge in exports ahead of what is expected. What could be retaliatory tariffs from China that may have helped actually boost economic growth, maybe a little sooner than some had thought. But nonetheless, uh, some some great numbers on the economy. And I don't know if you heard that on your evening news or not, or maybe you heard a lot about the secret tape between Michael Cohen and Donald Trump. Maybe you heard that like a whole lot. So what do you think of that? 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We're going to play a few clips of that recording. Could this be damaging to President Trump? Is there there there? 
Or is it just another one of those Stormy Daniels, Russia, Russia, Russia issues where nothing really ever happens? I'm, excuse me, I'm Sam Shame. This is KFBK, the phone number 916-921-1530, and we're back on the other side. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. The city of Santa Barbara, California, threatening waiters they'll go to jail if they give straws to customers. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Stuff that makes little sense segment. So the city recently banned plastic straws from restaurants, bars, and other food establishments and what officials claim is an environmental crackdown through the use of social engineering. And it serves the city's goal of reducing plastic litter. So waiters will be given a written warning on the first offense if they serve a straw. On the second offense, they will receive a fine not exceeding $1,000 or and imprisonment for a term of six months. $1,000 in six months if you give somebody a straw in a restaurant in Santa Barbara, California. So this is not the first place they're doing this. In Seattle, the base, home base of Starbucks, they have said that they'll get rid of straws by 2020 in all of their stores, replacing plastic straws with lids that, get this, they use even more plastic in the lids <laughs> than the straws have. Starbucks patrons topping most of their cold drinks with these lids of three and a half grams of plastic product right now, well, that's going to go up. The new nitro lids will be in the area of 4.1 grams. You can't make this up. It's just unbelievable. And one of the really interesting facts in this story is that it's based on a nine-year-old school kid did a project and determined somehow through his math that Americans use 500 million straws a day. Okay, now, I think the population of America is like 330 million. That's a ballpark, okay. So that means you've got a good chunk of Americans who are using two and three and four straws a day because I think I use maybe one straw a day. Maybe, maybe. One straw a week, not a day. I use one straw maybe a week. And now they um, have admitted, yeah, uh, 500 million might be a little bit on the north end. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, you, you couldn't write it in, in if, you were, if you tried. All right, let's get to the uh, Michael Cohen, uh, Donald Trump tapes, secret tapes recorded by the lawyer and then revealed to the world. So much for attorney-client privilege. September 2016, a recording between Donald Trump, then a candidate, and his attorney, Michael Cohen, includes a short conversation between Cohen and then-candidate Trump talking about a plan allegedly devised by Cohen to purchase the rights to former Playboy model Karen McDougal's story. She claims that she had an affair with Donald Trump. They wanted to purchase story from American Media. Now, American Media owns the National Enquirer, and they had already bought the rights to the story. They paid one hundred and fifty grand for the story, and then they sat on the story. They didn't do the story. So that's the setup here. Now, McDougal claims she has an affair with Donald Trump. Now, in the tapes, you can hear Michael Cohen, if you listen here, and Donald Trump discussing the need to open a company. When it comes time for the financing, which will be... Listen, what financing? We'll have to pay you. So. No, pay, okay. no, 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 no. I got 
no, no, no. Okay, that we we just we jumped ahead one bite there. That that was the next bite. But this the bite that I wanted to play for you was they discussed opening up a company because they needed to buy the rights to this story and they would then buy the rights from American media. So he says he wanted to talk to a guy named David and David Pecker is the CEO of the American media. Now they own the National Enquirer and they paid $150,000 for the McDougal story and then they kill it before the 2016 election. Now I want to replay that same bite we just played. Okay, Luis, if you can recue that same bite up because this is really critical and you need to listen closely to this because you can hear Cohen and Trump discussing setting up the shell company and they talk about specifics of what needs to happen. Go ahead. When it comes time for the financing, which will be... Listen, what financing? We'll have to pay you. So I'll pay for cash. No, 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 no. I got... No, no, no. Okay, that's why this is so critical, the word cash. You heard Donald Trump say cash. And Donald Trump and his attorney, Rudy Giuliani, are saying, what Donald Trump says in here is, don't pay cash. Now, what Michael Cohen and his attorney, who, by the way, is Lanny Davis... And he's the guy who released these tapes, these secretly recorded tapes. Lanny Davis now works for CNN. He gave the tapes to CNN. Lanny Davis used to work for Bill Clinton. He's a well-known Democratic operative. Happens to also be the attorney. So, I mean, you can put the pieces together on this one pretty quickly. And what they're saying is, is that Donald Trump is saying, I'll pay cash. And Donald Trump is saying, don't pay cash. And that's really what they're arguing over right now in Washington, D.C. I mean, is, is there any there there, or is this one of those big distractions? Is this just another piece of noise that's being thrown out there to try to distract Americans from what really is going on and what's really important in this country? Phone number 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Now, Cohen's attorney says that the recording shows that Trump was prepared to pay with cash to buy the story, Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, says what Trump said in the recording is don't pay with cash. We listened to it numerous, numerous times, and the transcript makes it quite clear at the end that President Trump says, quote, don't pay with cash. And now Rudy Giuliani, and this is just crossing, he's President Trump's personal lawyer, has said that there are two experts and retired FBI agents, all of whom have analyzed this secret recording, and they believe it was played with tampered with. That's the latest development in this story, which broke this week, and everybody was all in a lather over it. And I was looking for the there there, and I'm still looking for it, and I don't see it, and I'm not the only one. Alan Dershowitz, okay? He's a well-known Democrat, by the way, and he's a well-known constitutional expert. And he's spoken on a number of very big constitutional cases throughout his career. And he has been defending Donald Trump for a long time. And his friends in the Democratic Party have been criticizing him heavily to the extent that he says in some cases he's, he's being ostracized. But he believes this quote-unquote witch hunt against Donald Trump is just, there's, there's nothing to it. So, Alan Dershowitz, famed constitutional expert, told Fox News there is no evidence of any crime on this tape. There's no crime. This was a conversation between a lawyer and a client that should never have been heard, uh, even if, even if, and the tape is unclear, uh, Trump raised the word cash. 
there was then a discussion and the lawyer said, no, no, no. And President Trump said, no, we'll, we'll do it by check. Lawyers and clients have those conversations all the time. I've had conversations like that with clients. There's no crime here. Lawyers and, and clients have this conversation all the time. And Dershowitz says, I've had conversations like that with my clients. How do you pay? Who do you pay? How do you go about doing this? In addition to the fact that this is a private conversation between an attorney and his client, there is an assumption, a presumption, by all of us, when we speak to our attorney and when we speak to our doctor, that those conversations are confidential, not to be taped, and certainly not for the tape to be played for the whole world to hear. Dershowitz also said that if Cohen is the leak of this tape, then he may have some serious problems. Trust your lawyer to have a discreet conversation so that you can lay out all the possibilities and then decide what to do. The end result is no payments were made, no cash was given, and so this is a big deal about nothing. Who in the world would hire Michael Cohen to be their attorney now? I mean, would you go in and sit down and have a discussion with that guy? Now there are reports surfacing today that the New York bar has taken a good hard look at this because there might be some ethical issues here with Mr. Cohen violating confidentiality with his client. Do you think? What a crazy story. What do you think about that story? Do you think that this is the one that sticks? Do you think Mueller finally has something? Or is this just another one that washes over everybody's back? Just another one of those stories where a month from now we'll look back and go, hey, you remember that uh, Cohen tape? 916-921-1530, Those are the phone numbers here. My name is Sam Shane. This is KFBK. Or is Donald Trump in trouble here? How do you see it? When we come back, the story of the DMV worker who slept on the job for three years. Back in a moment. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. So, I'm a big baseball fan. That's why I wasn't here actually uh, last weekend. I was signing my children's baseball book at the State Fair. I met a lot of great people. uh, And I want to thank everybody for stopping by and saying hi. I had some great things to say. Uh, But the the reason I bring that up is if you are a big baseball fan, the California Museum starting tomorrow has a really cool exhibit. It's called California at Bat, America's Pastime in the Golden State. It's uh, from the gold rush to the present, talking about baseball. And they're going to be featuring more than 200 rarely seen artifacts, including uniforms and equipment from people like Jackie Robinson, Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Willie Mays, Sandy Koufax, and others, along with objects from the Pacific Coast League teams from the Edmonds Field. That was home of the Sacramento Solons way back in the day. So they get it going tomorrow, Sunday. July 29th starts at around noon. Um, admission's five bucks. If you like baseball. A California DMV worker slept on the job for three years. That's a big nap. California DMV data operator slept three years, three hours a day, I should say, at her desk for three years. And the department took no disciplinary action. 
Despite complaints from her colleagues, the co-workers complained and the DMV superiors did nothing. This is according to an audit. So the four witnesses told investigators from the California State Auditor's Office that the DMV employee consistently slept at her desk. Now, the auditor estimated that the employee misused 2,200 hours of work between February of 2014 and December of 2017. And the employee continues to work for the state of California. And producer Luis says, wow, <laughs> you're not alone. You really aren't alone. Uh, phone number is 916-921-1530, I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're wrapping things up here. We're on from 5 to 7 every Saturday evening live here at KFBK. And we're closing out our segment here with what is unfortunately a trend in this country that is troubling. And it's violence and threats of violence, not only against lawmakers, but their family members and even their friends, people that they're associated with. I mean, of course, we know about the Republican lawmaker in Washington, D.C., who was gunned down during a baseball practice by a Bernie Sanders supporter and he was going after a number of lawmakers and fortunately uh, missed a lot of them. But it doesn't end there. There are other instances of threats being made against GOP members and, in this case, the daughters of a GOP representative. Republican Representative Jason Lewis, he's from Minnesota, he says that he has contacted the police over threats to not only him, but even his daughters in the wake of reports about controversial statements that he made back when he was a radio show host. So this guy was a radio show host, becomes a lawmaker. He says some controversial things on the radio. And now someone calls in threats against his daughters for what he said while he was on the radio. It was serious enough, he said, for my office to alert the Capitol Police the Minnesota congressman said his daughters were threatened in sick messages received by his office. It marks the latest in a wave of threats against not just Republican lawmakers themselves, but their families. He's not the only one, and I'm going to tell you about another one in just a second. But more on this representative, Jason Lewis. He's a Republican congressman. He is from Minnesota. And we're going to play a couple of audio clips from him. And number one, he says that innocent people like his neighbors who were targeted in this protest. There were protesters outside his front door of his home and in his neighbor's lawn. These innocent people are getting caught in the middle, and he just says, look, the behavior of these protesters has got to stop. The people that, that get the, the brunt end of this are people that didn't sign up, including my family most of all. And we've seen this deliberate escalation really since January by the usual groups. And it's getting to the point where folks have their private property violated, the well-established security rules that their offices violated, they're interfering with constituent service, and you're not going to get more town halls if my other constituents are afraid to come because there's going to be a, a party crashing them, making a spectacle. It's not just Lewis and his daughters and his family. Representative Lee Zeldin, a Republican from New York, also revealed threats against his daughters this past month saying that some of the stuff that has been said has been quite sick and the number of threats has increased dramatically since the last election. Listen to this number. Total report threats, total reported threats 
against congressmen doubled from 2016 to 2017. In one year, doubled. This is according to the House Sergeant of Arms. Getting back to Jason Lewis, the representative from Minnesota. He believes these types of protests are not just some sort of innocent, organic movement. He believes they are well organized by the Democratic Party and activists in Minnesota in his particular case. And he says these are not just well-intentioned constituents. This is led by a group of lifelong Democrats, activists, not constituents who woke up on November 9th and says, oh gosh, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. This is a partisan attempt to hijack, quite frankly, a meeting, uh, an office, my home. And at, at some point, somebody's got to stand up and say, enough. I'm not sure what happened to civil discourse. I'm not saying that we can't have disagreements and protests, and that's part of the democratic process. We all get that. But when you start threatening the daughters of congressmen, and it's not just the children of congressmen, I mean, let's not forget that this big immigration story that bubbled to the surface very rapidly a few weeks ago with the separation of families, which, by the way, has been going on in this country for decades. Guess who was threatened? A grandchild of the President of the United States. We've got to get a grip. There's just no place for that. These children have nothing to do with it. Mom and dad or grandpa and grandpa, okay. Maybe you don't like their policies. I get that. But I don't know. It's a little bit crazy. So that does it. That wraps it up for our two-week stint here on this Saturday. Thanks for joining us. We're back here next Saturday, 5 to 7 p.m. Love for you to join us. I'll be in here tomorrow night for uh, Pat Walsh from 7 to 10 p.m. here on KFBK. Uh, So thank you for joining us. My name is Sam Shane. This is KFBK. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk with you later.